This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy Football. It is the best week of the NFL season, the divisional round playoff, and we are here to talk about it. It is the fantasy football. Um, it, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm just like I'm in the fantasy football by Brodo app mode. It is the fantasy football by Brodo podcast. I, I feel like that's what we should call it now. It's the Brodo fantasy podcast. I am your host, Tim Petrop, and I am here with the ones, the onlys that you can't really use that in the plural. Uh, Michael and Matt. What's up, fellas? You. A reminder, youtube.com slash Fantasy is where you can see this. You can see our beautiful faces. Um, yeah, you can see that little Jets helmet in the background, the little Broto logo in the background. I need to, I need to shave. You, you can see Michael's wife. Who's the, who's the bobble? Uh, the bobble is Cam. Martin? That's Cam Newton. Oh. That is Cam. That is Killer Cam. That my guy. Curtis Martin, we have Curtis Martin hiding somewhere up there. We got baby Sam out here. It's up there somewhere. You can't really see it in the in the where where I've got this. But it's it's good to be back with you guys. Good to be talking ball again. I love me talking me some ball. Um, man, real quick before we get into this news, what a crazy ass week of games in in terms of the game. Very good, yeah, but not very crazy in terms of the the outcomes. How Matt? What was your reaction of uh in it, the first playoff weekend of twenty twenty three? I mean, it was incredible. It was some of the best games you've seen all season for sure. Um, minus the, you know, San Francisco and Seahawks game, which was a pretty clear blowout after the second half started. Um, but the Jaguars chargers game, obviously incredible. The collapse of Justin Herbert and that offense, um, and them immediately firing their play caller afterwards, obviously Brady, essentially going, you know, scoreless against, uh, ten, or uh, against Dallas until it didn't matter at all. And none of the starters were on the field. Um, yeah, it was an incredible weekend of football. Mike, what about you? You your your uh your Cowboys take your your very strong stance on the Cowboys ended up being correct. To Tom yeah, Brady didn't matter. They're a way better team, and that's that obviously ended up uh proving to be correct this weekend. But it was interesting to see like the the Dolphins and Ravens, man, not go down without a fight despite all the odds against them. They are I mean, the Dolphins especially to be down seventeen zip and to come back like Defense making plays, Skylar Thompson making some throws, even with all the drop passes from Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, like they weren't doing him any favors. Mike Kosicki, alligator arming one across the middle. That could have been a nice chunk gain, but it was nice to see those teams giving it uh, a, a fight, even though, you know, they ended up losing, but it was expected to be blowouts, not fun games to watch. Those ended up being very, uh, very exciting games to watch and shout out to them for not just uh, laying down and losing in the first round of the playoffs, like, like a little, little wimp team who doesn't even try to win as Tim, you know, he struggles sometimes. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta watch the video to reason. understand. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm trying to figure Tim out. There the, we uh, are. There we are. Him to the eyebrows. Like, <laughs> like well, what am I doing here? <laughs> well, I, I was, I thought I was timing your exit and it was going to be like a perfect transition. And then you kept, kept going. I was like, God oh, damn, I, I messed that one up. Fair enough. I'm behind the, you know, hosting and error being one. behind the controls. Error one, Matt. Is that yeah. kind of an error? Well, hosting yeah. and being behind the controls is hard. When you when you're on, you always make fun. They're like, ha ha, uh, you're making errors too. You always make errors when you're the host. Hosting is hard. 
See, and now this, I didn't do this. I'm not responsible. I did. We were all responsible. <laughs> all right. No one, if you're listening on audio, apologies. Uh, but listen, I, you know what? I'm going to make it up to you right now because I have a conspiracy theory. Okay. I have, I got I to gotta center myself out for this one because I have a conspiracy theory. It's the Tom Brady conspiracy theory because I don't know if you guys heard Tom Brady's press conference, but Tom Brady was, he was like in the middle of a sentence of saying, hopefully I'm back soon. He's like, hopefully. I, and then he stopped himself. It's like, oh, thank you, reporters. And then he thanked all the reporters for his time in Tampa Bay and how they are respectful to him and talking in the past tense like he's moving on. All right. Reports around the team said around three weeks ago, Tom Brady started to feel a little bit more like Tom Brady. Seemed like he wasn't as stressed. He wasn't taking life as serious anymore. He was like happier, right? What else happened around three weeks ago? Derek Carr of the Raiders was benched. Who is Derek Carr's head coach? Josh McDaniels, the guy who was Tom Brady's offensive coordinator for many, many, many years, many years in um, in, New, in New England, right? So behind the scenes, this is this is my guess. Tom Brady plans to sign with the Raiders. And with the, when they decided that, they wanted to make sure that Derek Carr was not going to be an issue. So. Good, sign our Derek Carr. Let's make Derek Carr so mad that he won't even want to come back, even if he wanted to. He can't come back no more. He's that. It's done. The the it's it's fractured. Tom Brady goes to the Raiders, and here's the twist ending. Tom Brady joins the Raiders as the quarterback and the offensive coordinator, calls all the plays in the Josh McDaniel system, and makes the offense himself the first player coach in Mad Long since like 1919. And that's not that's definitely not true, but still, boom. Tim, you just got conspiracy theoried. I think you need more sleep. <laughs> it's not but, a bad, it's I don't I don't even think it needs to be conspiracy. I don't think it's a bad theory at all. Thank thank you. Matt, thank I you. think you need to find a bed and sleep with Tim because you both need more sleep. <laughs> I think but there's, there's I conspiracy think, and theories. Come on now. I think look I think it's very clear that Matt and I share a certain um uh, Je ne sais quoi. Quoi. Oh, uh, let's yeah. go. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say a certain headspace <laughs> on our downtime, if you know what I mean. Uh, let's get into this player news. Uh, Jason Myers scored a, a, a big extension. He's the second highest paid kicker in the league. That's good for Jason Myers. Congratulations, man. Good stuff. I mean, he kind of deserves it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he does. McCole um, Hardman did not practice on Wednesday. Anything to be worried about? Oh, that's hard, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. I, I think the Chiefs offense have been functioning just fine with the quarterback that just set the record for most total yards in a single season without a single thousand yard receiver. So it'll be all right. Yes. Uh so Aaron Rodgers, he's on the he was on the Pat McAfee show and he said, I am not mentally or emotionally at the point to give a decision about playing in twenty twenty three. He mentioned that if there's going to be a rebuild in Green Bay, that he wants no part of it. Yeah. So he also went on to say shortly thereafter that he feels like he could win an MVP again. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. <laughs> why, why, what's the laughter about, Michael? Just of course he, he did. Aaron Rodgers is a hilarious human being these days. What? Yeah, you know, I'm, I might retire, but uh, maybe I'll come back and just win MVP. <laughs> yeah, like that's I that's why what, what I took from that too. Like I thought it was just re- hilarious that it was like obviously, you know, was trying to downplay the the situation. He always takes time away after the season, always steps away. Um their GM said that they're always in conversations, things like that. But I thought it was funny that he was trying to downplay a possibility of retirement and obviously a poor season by being like, I could still win MVP, <laughs> you know. Uh you know what? I don't, I don't think he could. I don't think he's lying. I think that he could maybe win. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I didn't see conspiracy theory. He goes to the rod to the Raiders and reunites with Devontae Adams. (laughs) Oh, that's a good conspiracy, Michael. (laughs) Now we're talking, Michael. There you go. go. Imagine that. I mean, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs resigns. I mean, the Raiders. They're they're very mid right now, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, with a good quarterback, they might not be. All right, uh, Joe Lombardi. 
The Chargers fired their offensive coordinator after uh, finally. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, I I made it very clear that I'm not a fan of the coaching staff. I know I said fire Brandon Staley, but I I'm okay. Back. Yeah, I'm okay with Staley if Lombardi goes. I'm okay with it. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, look like you're up twenty seven nothing, man. Like I don't know what else to say. You know, you have five yeah. turnovers. Um, I don't know what else to say. You have to be able to put a game away, and that a lot of that comes to play calling. Yeah, despicable. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's easy. The Michael, only nine minutes in, and we're done with the news, bro. How how happy are you right now? Take notes, Tim. Take notes. I mean, that was that was quick and easy. What do you mean, take Speed notes? I did it. You take it. You're telling taking notes on my own performance. How much I, mean, I, I take notes as I perform? So you I can't take. Out. How are you going to take notes as you perform? That's it's just like a, when you take minutes. You know, you, you say minutes yeah. when you're doing it like pro- professionally. You got to go back and watch more professional. And we've done wasted some more time. Let's get into this, these <laughs> game scripts. We are going to talk about these games um, and how we feel about them. Let's get into it. First game, 430 on NBC if you're interested. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites. <laughs> Uh, a 53-point over-under over the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is an interesting matchup because... I think, uh, I think the line moved to nine, actually, by the way. On Odd Shark right now, it is 8.5, but that's Odd Shark. You know how these these lines go. These are all like... Yeah. These oh, are this gi- was a very recent movement is why I was bringing yeah. it up. Given, these are give, depending on the book, it's like give or take a point, like a half a point. Like, always in the books. Anyway, um, let's get into this game. Obviously, the quarterback matchup is what is kind of like the the thing to watch for in this game because Trevor Lawrence really turned it up in the second half to the point where you're like, holy crap, this guy's like a, a special dude. And this is kind of like the stage where if he kind of takes that next step, this is a this is a Kansas City team that, yes, was good. Obviously, they got the bye first overall. Uh, First overall in the in the AFC, probably the best team in the league, right? But I feel like they're they're more beatable than they have been in the past. They're they're vulnerable. The it, it seems wide open right now to me. Uh, so, how do you guys feel about this game? Where are you leaning in terms of betting, Michael? Uh, let's start with you, bro. You know, I was I was upset at the Chargers not only because they lost after leading 27 to nothing but because they I thought that they had a much better chance against the Chiefs than the Jaguars do. The the Chargers have always played the Chiefs very tough, you know. They have the familiar the familiarity with each other, the uh, just it's that that you know Chargers Chiefs games that just aren't blowouts most like the majority of the time and it's always tight and I just believe in the Chargers more than the Jaguars, which is why I like the Chargers um, to win this past week, which obviously turned out to be correct for only one half, the half that didn't matter, <laughs> and until Trevor Lawrence. And, and shout out to Trevor Lawrence, and I'll give him some credit here as well, because me and Jason said that, you know, Trevor Lawrence, week 18, he was he was kind of bailed out by the defense. He didn't have a very good game against Tennessee by any means, and then he really struggled in the first half against the Chargers. Four yeah. interceptions, three of them from Asante Samuel Jr., and to go into halftime down 27 zip in your first ever playoff game in in a spot where everyone thinks the game's already over. Everyone's just like, all right, kicking like it's done next year. Jaguars fans to come out to absolutely ball out in the second half and to lead your team. Um, a magnificent comeback to go for two in the situation that they did when they got it to the one yard line. Like I really wish just... playoff counted for coach of the year voting, man. Because Doug Peterson deserves it for that. Drive. Yeah, that was some some balls on that call. I was like, this guy is showing that he does not care. He's like, we're down twenty seven zip. I'm we're playing for the win, and they got the two point conversion, and then they ended up going down there and icing the game, just kicking the field goal to close it off with like five seconds to go. So, shout out to the Jaguars for that miraculous comeback and a well earned win. I just I think the Chiefs are the far better team, the far better offense, the far better defense. I just think the Chargers lined up so much better than the Chiefs and the Jaguars do. And I like the Chiefs here, and I think they, I think it will, will be a double-digit victory. I don't really think it's going to be necessarily close. Like I think the Cinderella Trevor Lawrence Jaguar story comes to a uh, halt here, a very, a very, a very hard dead end in this one. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I feel like 
Uh, yeah, the Cinderella story, like uh, Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars, I think they'll be a thing next year. And I think that we'll be talking more about their actual contention at this time next season. Uh, they're just not at the, where they need to be right now to win a playoff game against Patrick Mahomes. I, I think it's that simple. Uh, crazier things have happened, but yeah, I think the I, I'd be I would be shocked. Person. I'd be absolutely shocked if they pulled it off. Maybe you can move the line down a little bit if you're not comfortable. Maybe it's like six and a half. Make it a touchdown. I mean, teasing it to like two and a half. A shout out to Themi, who would probably probably is going to take that bet in Themi's teasers. I I'd assume like taking the Chiefs to win by three or more. I think would be a great play. By the way, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app and, and BrotoFantasy.com, Themi's teasers hit at a 78% rate this year. So if you were reading yeah, the kid's insane. 79. So if you were reading that and you were betting his teasers, congratulations. You have more money than you started with. Uh, just one of the many things you can get at the, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app and BrotoFantasy.com. Matt, what's your view of this game? Do you Are you on the same boat or do you think the, the Jacks have a chance here? I mean, yeah, any given Sunday or I guess any given Saturday in this case, but it, it's in Arrowhead as well. Um, Trevor Lawrence is kind of already angry to the anger to the fan base. Uh, we know how that can go with how loud the chiefs can get. And he had an interview that everybody kind of rolled their eyes like, Oh no, he didn't because he was like, Oh, there's no way that arrowhead is any louder than the Jaguars fans were last Sunday. <laughs> oh boy. You know? And it's just like, exactly. And, and it was just like one of those things where now chiefs fans are, you know, cracking their knuckles ready to every third down, get down that kid's throat. Um, Why do you do it? Why do you do it to yourself? I don't understand. (laughs) Why? Just stop. Stop. Stop saying things. Shush. The Jaguars have probably like one of the smallest fan bases in the league, too. No offense to Jacksonville. I'm just saying, obviously, Arrowhead's going to be louder. No, yeah, 100%. (laughs) And, And straight up to that is it's not just... Arrowhead and the Chiefs fan base and obviously they think they're Super Bowl ready in, in all all of that it's it's like scientifically one of the loudest places to play in on earth like they've constructed that stadium to put sound onto the field like it's the way that the phonetics work and yeah it's going to be a really really rough game and Kansas City's defense has looked a lot better to close out the season as well so and the bye week fresh healthy yeah uh, completely, kind of completely off the off the uh, beaten path here. But looking at the geography, because you got you made me think, uh, Alabama is right in between Louisiana, uh, Georgia, who has the Falcons, Louisiana, who has the Saints, and Jacksonville. Though is right there on the Panhandle of Florida. If you are a fan of ours from Alabama, like how do you make that decision? And like where where do Alabamans stand in terms of uh, in terms of the NFL? Are they all about college football? Oh, I wonder. Definitely all college football. I'm sure they like the NFL, though. Like, you don't think they like the NFL? They don't have favorite NFL team. People in our in. in I don't Atlanta. think it's the Jaguars. The Jaguars are not as old as the other teams either. Right? That's true. That's very true. But they, I mean, they're pretty old at this point. I don't know. They, if we have any fans in Alabama, let us know. I'd like to know that. All right. Uh, <laughs> now that we've done I mean, it, I'm, uh, now I'm interested in that question. I know, too. right? It's, it's a kind Same of a good question. Facts. <laughs> All right, let's get into our next uh, game. This one's a juicy one. Oh boy, the Giants, New York, are, are seven and a half point underdogs on the road against Philly, a forty-eight point over under the eight fifteen game. And right now, 66% of the money, two-thirds of the money is on the Giants, plus seven and a half. Oh, uh, paid the public. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, so, uh, obviously, you have the Cinderella story that was the Giants last week. They put the spankings on the Vikings, who I think are uni- were universally considered frauds uh, in terms of outplaying their record because of how many one-score games they, they won. So, they kind of expose themselves as frauds, especially that defense. That defense, we, on the podcast... Going against the Vikings was a, a, a treat for any team because their offense was going to put up points and their defense was going to give up points. It was a, a, a every Vikings game was a was a smorgasbord of fantasy goodness, and like it, and it happened again <laughs> for 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 the Giants. And Daniel Jones is on a roll, and you get you get the Cinderella story there. And right now Philly is vulnerable, and you know how I feel about these playoff division games. I think one of the things you mentioned was that oh all these teams played the the teams really close. Yeah, well, let's look at the teams. The the Bills got played coach close by the Dolphins, even though they had a third string quarterback. Uh, the Bengals got played close by the Ravens, even though they had a third string quarterback. These are in division matchups. Even the Seahawks game, even though it ended up being a complete blowout, tied going see- into the half. Yeah, they were. I think they were leading by one at halftime, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. like 17-16. Oh, yeah. Right. So, so the Seahawks were up at halftime. 
So like that wasn't that just ended up being ended up being one sided. But those games played each other close. And now you have the Giants. Jalen Hurts. Uh, he looks like he's healthy. If he's 100% healthy, I think that changes a lot of things. If he's the guy that we've seen, the MVP caliber player that he's been, I think that that changes some things. But I think the Philly's probably more vulnerable than they've been in a long time. So, I mean, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm feeling good about my chances. But if I'm a, but I'm not, and if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm not worried. Like, I'm not, oh my God, I'm shaking my boots. But there's reasons to believe that playing each other again, being this familiar with each other. The Giants are on are on a hot streak. They're on a roll. I like it. Matt, what do you think? I mean, I said it last week when they were playing the Vikings. Is I, I honestly believe that Brian Dayball can outcoach anybody in the NFL, and he has a talented enough roster to support that statement. I, I, I genuinely think, especially in you know, something else that we were kind of all agreeing with is it's one of the most difficult things to do in the NFL and in any professional sports league is is sweep your division rivals. And, and the most times that you can obviously play a team in the NFL would be three. It's very difficult to get a sweep there. And, and I mean, obviously they've shown vulnerability to division rivals before one of their major losses this season was to the commanders. I think Brian Dayball obviously knows that team inside and out. If, if any coach knows how to take, take them apart, it's going to be him. Um, And yeah, like for all of his, faults and they were major through coaching changes and, and offensive coordinator changes and yeah he you know showed some flashes but can never be consistent for all of his faults Daniel Jones looked like a playoff game winning quarterback last week it didn't look just the system he made all the right decisions he made some very impressive throws obviously he was a menace on the ground as he always can be um, a healthy Saquon that offensive line if they can mitigate some of the mistakes that they made because uh, I've you know, I feel like that game could have gotten even more out of hand. Their offensive line had quite a few mistakes when they were rolling down some drives. Uh, Andrew Thomas, specifically, young, talented left tackle. But that team is is scary, and they're not just scary against the Eagles. The Giants can make a legit run here. I'm not saying that. I don't. I do think that they will get snuffed out. But I, as Mike was saying with the Jaguars, I think the Giants' Cinderella story still has a little bit more life. Ooh, sexy. I like that. I mean, they're they're a team to root for. Uh, definitely like, man, I, not to bring this back to my Jets fandom. Cause I, I kind of tend to do that, but you guys have been listening. Have you, if you've been listening to me on this podcast, I've been begging the Jets to go get Brian Dayball. I think we did like the best fit. Uh, we do a show where we have head coach, uh, matchups, like best fit where we want them to go for fantasy purposes. And I put Brian Dayball on every single fucking team that I possibly could. Cause why isn't this guy not a head coach? So he, he's easy to root for, man. He's a, he seems like a. He seems like one of those generational coaches. Coaches like I could see him coaching yeah, legit. the Giants for the next 10, 15, uh, 15 years. You know what I mean? Like uh, the Giants got oh, themselves, man, they a, good themselves one. a good one there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Matt are on the same wavelength today, and Michael and Matt too. Maybe Matt, you're just the uh, you're, you're like your background, bro. You're just like you're in the you're in Probably the world. Like <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, what's your feelings about this Giants game, man? Yeah, look, Daniel Jones, the way he played last week was admirable at like every any way you look at it it was just a tremendous game like 300 passing yards 75 rushing yards i think that was i think they said it was the third player quarterback ever to do that in the playoffs behind lamar first, jackson no, first lamar, ever no it was lamar jackson and steve young i think it wasn't the first ever 300 plus yards and 75 plus rushing yards i'm telling you he wasn't okay. the first person to ever do that but either way it was just a tremendous game and he's doing it with guys like shout out to isaiah hodgins too the udfa um, from a couple years ago, who has really come on as the main weapon there, has surpassed Darius Slayton. Daniel Bellinger caught a touchdown. Saquon is being Saquon. This offense was just cruising down the field against Minnesota, and I think it has a lot to do with Brian Dable. Like He was pretty conservative with Daniel Jones at times during the season, and we got to the playoffs, and he said, I don't care. We are running with you, Daniel Jones. We are setting up runs for you. We are making this a an offense where they don't know if we're going to run pass. And maybe if we do pass, we might just run with the quarterback too. Cause Daniel Jones was running crazy that he was rolling out. He was making great throws. They were, they were just cruising down the field with ease, getting wide open receivers. And it was, it was fun to watch. It was not something I expected, even in a, um, a very good matchup against the Minnesota. Like I thought Minnesota would win the game. I thought they were fraudulent. I didn't think they were fraudulent enough to lose to the giants, but the giants, absolutely proved that they deserve to win that game but now they run into the philadelphia eagles who have been basically unbeatable with jalen hurts at qb this year 
And look, they're also coming off a bye. It's a very, very difficult matchup. They're going to be at home. Eight and a half points, you said the spread was. I lean taking the Giants and the points in, like, if you're betting with just the uh, the spread. But I, it's hard for me to see the Giants pulling out this game without some, like, crazy magic happening because I just I just think that the Eagles are the better all-around team similar to how the Cowboys last week I think they're just the better all, overall team than the Buccaneers and I think that's gonna end up securing a win at the end of the day but I I wouldn't be entirely shocked if the Giants pulled it off I just if I was a betting man I'd bet on the Eagles getting the win because I just think they're a little bit too talented for the Giants to take down at this point because that defense is still a little bit too questionable for me and um uh, Daniel Jones proved it in his first playoff game, but he's going to have to do it again to uh, to really get me off his back because I've not been a big Daniel Jones fan throughout my life, but he's definitely uh, turned up with Brian Dable this year and especially past the last week in his first playoff performance. I feel like the term, if I was a betting man, is a, is a term that we've had in, in the lingo. But it doesn't really make a lot of sense anymore because betting's legal all basically everywhere. Betting, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're literally talking about betting men. Like like 98% of our audience is betting men. Yeah. If you play fantasy, you're a gambler. Yeah, and shout out to and shout out to the betting women as well. Let's not forget the betting women. Yeah. The betting men and women. Uh shout out to Jess. All right. Uh let's get to uh, the next game. What do you guys say? Unless there's something. Did you? Did I get your thoughts oh. on this, man? Did, did, did I skip yeah, you? Yeah, I ran off it. I know, right? It's just a, a, a an, an entire a of a juicy one. one. Yes, Come on. because this game. Let me tell you something. And I and I know this got popular on Twitter, but you know, I had I promise I had this opinion before I read it. If oh, these two teams were supposed to play each other, and had Cincinnati won, these two teams would have the same record and Cincinnati would own the tiebreaker. Then why isn't this game at a neutral field? No, I agree. That should have totally been the yeah, case. No, that doesn't make any, yeah. 100%. This like the, the NFL completely dropped the ball on this one being a neutral field. This one, this is the one that should be the neutral field. The one with the, the chiefs that that should probably be a chiefs home game. No, I agree. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so what are they doing? It's silly. It's what do they go? I I remember as as the news neither Bengals nor Bill players really supported their decision either. No, I mean it, it's a stupid decision. Who would who would support the decision of actually? Of the, did you see what a uh, Joe Mixon bad decision? Did? You saw how Joe Mixon scored a touchdown. He did the coin flip. Yeah, he got yeah. fined like fifty thousand dollars for it, and yeah. he tweeted after the game. Um, what did he tweet? But he said like, oh, "Damn it, I got I'll I'll pull up the tweet while you guys are uh, while you're discussing the game real quick. <laughs> okay, so as we wait a uh, bated breath on Joe on Joe <laughs> well, Mixon's tweet, I'll, I'll pop off. I mean, the 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 Bills or are was five it? and a half yeah, point favorites, um, and I'm kind of five and a half points doesn't sound like much, but I feel like the no questions were answered for me from either one of those teams last week, and the Bills being the favorites that they are against the Bengals when the Bengals were the last team's team to beat the Chiefs. And their offense has been looking the way that it is. And yeah, a rough game against the Ravens in a, a divisional game, you know, a 99 yard fumble recovery away from losing that game quite literally because they didn't score again afterwards. Um, that said, the way that the Bengals play the Dolphins is mildly concerning. And I think people should be legitimately worried about that defense. Like, and I know that obviously Miami's defensive touchdowns and a lot of field goals kept them in that game probably closer than it should have been. Um, but the way that they were moving the ball and with Skylar Thompson and not even running the ball at that, Joe Burrow is going to have a field day against that defense. I found it. I found what he said, the tweet. Um, he ended up being fined like thirteen and a half thousand dollars for the celebration because, you know, the NFL, they say the no fun league. I hate that acronym so much. I'm mad at myself for even saying it. But he tweeted at the NFL, since y'all about the coin flipping, let's do this. Let's have a coin toss to pay this crazy fine for expressing myself. If it's heads, I'll pay. If it's tails, Roger G, pay the money to the Boys and Girls Club of Cincinnati. Hashtag all about the kids. Hashtag who day. I thought that was pretty funny. Obviously, the NFL is going to ignore it, and Roger Goodell's not going to say anything. He's yeah. just like, "Why would I respond to that?" But getting fined thirteen and a half thousand dollars for flipping a coin, mocking a situation that kind of deserved to be mocked a little bit, is lame. But you know, they're not going to. 
nothing's gonna happen. Joe Mixon's gonna pay the fine. So it's the it's the <laughs> NFL, man. You, like you said, it's the no fun league. Uh, what can you do? All right, let's get into this game though, because Matt just uh, dropped some bars here. Yeah, I mean, like like Matt said, the Bills defense. You got to remember, uh, they're not. Uh, Greg Rosenthal. I, this is not my point. This is a Greg Greg Rosenthal's point. So it's, but it's a great point. He said uh, this this defense is missing a lot of key guys. They're missing Von Miller. They're missing Micah Hyde. These are two of their. This is probably the two at, after Edmonds. This is probably their two best players on defense. So when you're well, talking, don't disrespect to Javius White like that. But go ahead. Fine, but, uh, fine to Davis White too. But I mean, I, I don't think it's disrespect to call Von Miller and uh, Micah Hyde better than than you. I don't think that's disrespect. But I mean. The, so what he the, the idea that he shared is that this is not the idea of the Bills that we have. This is not the idea of the team that has that number one defense. It's this is the shell. It's just they're wearing the same laundry. These are different players, and the players that are playing are not as good as the players that are not playing. So and and I think it's you're seeing that over the last like month or so where they've won, but they've struggled to win, and they didn't dominate the way that they used to to dominate. You've seen that become a glaring thing. Um, a team like Cincinnati, though, you know, they haven't been they've been very streaky. So they seem they seem like they're oh, they won't score. They won't score. They won't, and they'll go for they'll explode for 14 to 17 points and then they'll, you know, they'll, they'll go back again. And so they're a, a streaky team. The Bills give up the ball a lot. So if you give up the ball a lot to a streaky team, they can put up points in bunches. <sighs> I know I picked the Bills to make the Super Bowl. Me too. But my heart, my heart is telling me Cincinnati in this one. I needed the if for me to really feel confident, and and I'm fine. Like I, I'm not the type of person that won't change my opinion or, or admit that I was wrong with a prediction. For me to really feel like solidified and confident in that Bills take that you know my preseason take that they would make the Super Bowl, they needed to run through the Dolphins, and they didn't. At best, they functioned at a subpar level and were able to beat a, an opponent that had a third string like at best that's how they played yeah i uh i share look i i said at the beginning of last week's pod when you guys chose um the bills to win you chose josh allen as your qbs for the playoff challenge i said i think the bills are slightly fraudulent like i didn't think they'd lose to the dolphins but I question their defense and I question their offensive ability when they're not able to get the run game going at all. Like we've seen the Jets lock down Josh Allen twice. We've seen Josh Allen just get basically locked down by Miami. Like, yeah, he made a ton of great plays, but he got sacked seven times. He lost. He fumbled three times, lost one of those fumbles. It was a very ugly game for Josh Allen. And what, what was he top three in the league in interceptions this year, if not number one or one of the one oh, of the top Dak three in there. One. Yeah, Dak was one. Whatever. Games. Yeah, but Josh Allen has has turned the ball over this year, and that's not something you uh you want in a game against the Cincinnati Bengals defending, you know, the defending uh, AFC champions. And the the Bengals, yeah, it was a hard fought game against Baltimore this past week. They don't get the bye like um like the Chiefs do, but the B Buffalo Bills just played a hard fought game against the Miami Dolphins, and that was honestly probably an it easier game have been. than the Bengals. Yeah, exactly. So I honestly I think the Bengals win this game. I'm shocked that it's five and a half points. I That's think the I Bengals have yeah, I think their their defense is better than Buffalo or at least on par. It's not like Cincinnati has a great defense either, but it's definitely not worse than Buffalo's. And their offense is like similar similarly, you know, fire powered all over the place. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins and company. So I honestly think like Take the Bengals, but if you take the Bengals minus six and a half to win by a touchdown, because in the games the Bills lost this year, they haven't been close. They've been, they've been by more than a touchdown. You can get plus four twenty for the Bengals to win by a touchdown. I might sprinkle some money on that because I think the Bengals win this game, and I wouldn't be shocked if they end up winning like a thirty-four to twenty-seven shootout type of game. Oh, Michael with the sexiness. I I like that. I honestly I like that. A little a little sprinkle. Um. Yeah, man, it's it's a it's a good matchup. I can't wait to watch this one. This is the one where I'm like, yo, I need to, I need plus to clear Tim, the schedule. I mean, the minus six and a half is plus four twenty. Four twenty, Tim. I mean, come on. Is that I mean, is it are you are you referring to the mind state that I referred to earlier in this podcast? Maybe. Um 
right, maybe that's where Tom Brady conspiracy comes from. I don't know. I can't tell because I, you know, it's just a theory. All right, let's go into the next one. Uh, the final one. The final one. I'm feeling good about my preseason prediction. My pre postseason prediction that the San Francisco 49ers is going to be led by a seventh round pick to the promised land. I'm feeling really good about that. I'm feeling especially good about that if the Giants can in division pull off an upset against the Eagles. I'm feeling really good about San Francisco. And Vegas is feeling good about San Francisco. They're three and a half point favorites at home against Dallas. Uh, 46% 46% over under right now 66 percent of that money is coming in on san francisco and by the way uh not to go back but th- this is going to make us nervous every single one of us picked cincinnati right every single one of us said we we prefer cincinnati in this game and 77 percent of the money is on cincinnati plus five not good news for the Bengals. Um, i always say fade the public and our last week fade the public picks looked really good yeah, they looked so. fantastic. Um, so it's, it's, do with that what you may. Uh, but this is a game where, look, the Cowboys, We, Michael and I, and Matt would be on the team too if he didn't live in Canada, but Michael and I play on a touch football league. And, you know, one thing that happens, if you look at who the, the Cowboys played the last four weeks, they played, they played teams that they were going to beat easily, and they kind of knew that. and. You know, our team has a little issue, our team, where we haven't won the championship in a few years, but we've been like a top seed in every single season. Um, So, you know, because we didn't win the championship, you can only move up to the next division if you win the championship. So we haven't moved up a division in like four years. So like now we're playing these teams in the division sometimes where we've we've played the good teams and now we're going towards the end and we're just like, ugh. Like, like we're having fun because we're winning, but it's not the same. You know what I mean? Because we are outclassing these dudes, and this is not fun. So I feel like the Cowboys kind of went through that a little bit. Like, they were just kind of outclassing guys. They were kind of winning without even caring. Like, that Houston game, like, they didn't even give a fuck, and they still won. You know? So, like, uh, all right. So now the playoffs start, Dak those five touchdowns. So, like, I, the Cowboys do have that little, um, a little je ne sais quoi. And the, what Matt mentioned last time was uh, that the Cowboys are kind of like the, the complete package, right? They're the, they're the, if they don't one, turn the ball over. If they don't turn the ball over, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's the key. Um, but I think the real story in this game, although I do think the Cowboys have a chance, I think the real story in this game is San Francisco. I, I mentioned last week that I think they could win this thing with a seventh-round pick, and particularly if the Giants end up, like I said before, taking out the Eagles in that in-division, that in-division matchup is always so close, and it's always a toss-up. And if they end up taking them out, then the defense of the San Francisco 49ers is the best defense left in the playoffs by a mile. Like, it is the 49ers a big, big Big, huge gap. And then, like, wait, what would we say? The Eagles, maybe? A hundred percent the Eagles. Yeah, right. Maybe you could put players that. with double digit sacks this season. I mean, you, all right, fine. Maybe the Cowboys they have their have holes. A... You could say the Cowboys, yeah. right? right? I mean, the Cowboys have the defensive MVP. I mean, these are good defenses. And but San Francisco is fan. over them by a mile. They are the most complete defense in the league. And they have, so, they have so many weapons. And it's, it's the mind of Kyle Shanahan. Another thing that I'm going to tap myself on the back of is I predicted that Kyle Shanahan, when he became the OC from the Falcons to this, is going. it's just him. Whatever he does, he's the key. And he's the key right now. He is putting all these weapons that he handpicked into his lineup, a plethora of weapons. He is putting them in position to succeed. A couple of years ago, we mentioned that Jimmy Garoppolo was like top 10 in the NFL in yards per reception, but uh, bottom 32, uh, I mean, out of the top 32 in uh, in average depth of target, right? It gives you a, an idea of what that, that yards after catch situation is like. And Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, bro, it's just too much. It's an, it's enough where a seventh round pick can take you to the promised land. And I think I, I just think that this is the Cinderella story. We're gonna be talking about this team, this San Francisco team, for years. Because I think that 
that they're going to be led by Mr. Irrelevant in his rookie year to a Super Bowl. And I really think that that's, that's what's going to happen. So I, 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 I got I to gotta go San Francisco. I got to go San Francisco this week, if I believe in that. Now that you've gotten my complete narrative-based uh, <laughs> opinion, um, anyone want to analyze this game? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, this one's very tough for me. This is the toughest of the week, I think, for me to, to choose a winner here. Because, look, Brock Purdy, again, all you heard about the entire game, if you were on social media, was, uh, imagine what Trey Lance could do with this offense if he was still healthy. And wow, look, Brock Purdy starting to open receivers. Bro, I know he's mystery relevant. I know he didn't have the draft capital, and I know nobody expected him to be good. But the dude is balling. I know it's a tremendous spot that he's in. You cannot ask to be put into a better spot. That doesn't mean he's not playing well in that spot. Like, it's been... They, Jimmy G went down, and I thought, oh, the 49ers are toast. It's been no difference in that offense. It's like been better, been, bro. Yeah, if anything, even putting up more points. And yeah, he's missing a few throws. He's not getting every single read correctly. So he was a, he's a seventh round rookie. That could come that could come back and bite you. I'm a, I know that. One but... of the things, and I mean, not to interrupt, but like one of the things that I think is most concerning about this, not really seeing Brock get pressured. And part of that reason is because that offensive line is so good. But Mika Parsons is Mika Parsons. He can put the pressure on anybody. I want to see how Brock functions when he doesn't have four seconds to stand in the pocket. And no, we might I, not get I to see that. There. And if that's the case, they are going to win that game. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. That's why I think it's like the three and a half points is basically Vegas saying, I think it's kind of a toss up if they were playing yeah. in a neutral field. And I don't disagree yep. with that. Um, I just think, I just think people got to stop shitting on, Brock Purdy every single time he performs admirably because it's been like seven plus weeks now of him playing fairly well. Double digit, and maybe or, uh, two touchdowns in every single And maybe third. it does come crashing down against Dallas this week. Players have bad games with, uh, you know, like you said, Michael Parsons and company Lawrence on the offensive line. Like they're the Cowboys defense. The defensive front is great. The issue is. When you have Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk, and even Elijah Mitchell, you don't need to give Brock Purdy really more than a second and a half to throw that's fairly it. often. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah, so that's the issue when it comes to the Dallas defense. If they get pressure, if they have the opportunity to get pressure on Brock Purdy, that's what we're going to have to wait and see. Um, or maybe they they drop more men into drop more men back and try to you know, get get to him with just three or four guys. We, we don't know how, how they're going to go game plan against San Fran, but if they're able to get pressure and Dak is able to tear apart the secondary because the secondary is beatable. We saw Geno Smith and DK Metcalf do it um, last week. They're top five against wide receivers and true matchup rank. So, like, the secondary is not the best secondary in the world. That's how they're going to have to beat him. Through the, um, through the passing game, Tony Pollard probably making some plays out of the backfield. He... Was he so much so better. Phenomenal. He was so much better than Zeke last week. Like it he was, looked so good. Yeah, he looked tremendous. It, well, Zeke had like twelve carries for like twenty yards, and then there you have Pollard for like ten carries for like seventy yards, just doing Tony Pollard thing. So yeah, and they but they clearly showed like they didn't have an issue giving the ball to Pollard over Zeke. Now that they're in the playoffs too, like. It's the same thing that I was talking about earlier with uh with the Giants and Daniel Jones. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna let Daniel Jones run now because it's the playoffs. Like we're not we're not trying to conserve anyone. We need to win. So I think the Cowboys, they're like I said last week against Tampa, I think they're a very, very, very good team. And I think they're a lot better than the years past Cowboys that some people will just like laugh about, you know, like, oh, it's the Cowboys. Um, they're not gonna do anything. This game right here is uh it's a tough one for me. I honestly am. I'm like 51, 49, 49ers right now, if I had to guess, but it's man, it's a tough one for me here. I think the home field advantage definitely. I mean, you kind of nailed it with that too, is I think that's kind of how Vegas sees it. That's kind of how the public sees it. And it, it should be a toss up, but that home field advantage gives them a little slight. And yeah, I mean, in all theory that that is the, the, could be the crux to Brock Purdy's downfall is a tremendous amount of, of blitz packages and pressure. But again, we don't even know if that will work 
for one, we haven't seen it. And and two, obviously that offense is built to be able to counter that as well. All right, fellas. That's it. We're done. Good work. Game script. All right. So here's what we're doing. The reason why I wasn't talking right there is because I had to create. I didn't want to put my own. I don't know if it's like my own thing, but I had to create. I had to put like a dollar and 35 cents into a random FanDuel account. I just created a FanDuel account because we're going to do this on a FanDuel account. And then maybe we'll actually bet on this FanDuel account. Maybe we'll just be the Brodo fantasy. You don't FanDuel have account. a FanDuel account? No, I just didn't want to put my FanDuel account. I don't know if it had, if, if there was some like behind the scenes, but I don't want to like share oh, it. I'm going to share the screen. Put that screen up. Put that screen yeah, 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 I'm gonna share the screen. You know what I mean? So I don't want to. I don't know if any of my like private. I don't know. I don't want to take a risk. So I mean, it's probably stupid. Um, but with that being said, yeah, boom, funny character Tim. Boom, 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 boom. Hey, wow, there it us. is. All savvy. right, here we are. So, so if you're on savvy. YouTube, you can see us picking this uh, in the flesh. All right, so we're gonna pick this together, fellas. Uh, as you know, this is uh this is all, the whole slate. Um, $60,000 is the salary an average of $6,667 per player, uh, QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex and a defense. Usually what I like to do is I like to, um, start with my sleepers, but I'm a, but I'm not really a, a great daily player. I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't play a lot of daily fantasy, but I know Matt is very good. So Matt, I'm gonna let you start off first. Where do you think we should go with our first pick? I mean, I guess first pick, I probably just want to take some, a little bit of variance, a little bit of contrary, but what should be a very high scoring game, um, maybe a low rostered player as well. I'll take Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback. Okay. Trevor Lawrence as the quarterback. Interesting. Michael, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, I hate it. But what are you going to do? He's at 7,600. Hey, hey, this, we're, this is a discussion. This is a discussion. Yeah, I hate it, but what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, Dak at 7,500 or Joe Burrow at 8,000, I would certainly prefer. Daniel Jones at 74. Daniel Jones at 74. I didn't even think about his cost. I, I literally was, didn't think about cost whatsoever. I think, I think also, I guess Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence at Kansas City, it's for 7,600 because, I mean, Josh Allen or, or Patrick Mahomes is going to cost you – Nine thousand plus, Jalen Hurts too. Well, we're also just going to build a a super stacked lineup and then take like Kenneth Gainwell on the flex. So, <laughs> like if we point? take Trevor Lawrence, touchdown variance. I don't, don't want to. I I don't really want to stack Trevor Lawrence with like Ingram and Kirk or something. Like I'd rather sh- stack Joe Burrow with like Jamar Chase and. I'll ah, just uh, put Jalen Hurts in there, and then we can get Devontae. That's going to cost us a lot of money, Michael. I, I could. I would rather stack Trevor Lawrence with like Zay Jones in the flex, or something like that. I think Tre- I think Trevor Lawrence is a good play here. I mean, do it then. I'm gonna go with Matt. All right, it's two to one. Let's put Trevor Lawrence in. So Trevor Lawrence, I mean, we, do have to get them, we do have to get like something to come back with him. We haven't even We're chosen a player yet. You guys are talking yeah. about salary relief. We haven't <laughs> even chosen a player yet. I, I don't care about salary. <laughs> All right, look, we got. Well, look, this is a good salary play, and now we have running back. Um, would you guys like to go with the, I mean, I mean, it Jimmy seems Jarek as though Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. 100% Jarek McKinnon. So Jarek he McKinnon, also, 7, he, you get the, you get the, the playback from back. Trevor Lawrence yep, too. Exactly. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm giving you the, the slain. How much, um, Kenny G, how much everyone, Kenny G, no way. I'm not playing no Kenneth Gainwell. Oh, touchdown. I, 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 would ra- <laughs> I would rather play Elijah Mitchell than Kenneth Gainwell. <laughs> touchdown. Variants. <laughs> what does that? What does that mean? I don't know. It means that they're completely unpredictable, and nobody's going to roster Kenneth Gainwell. So if he scores a touchdown, and you have six of the same players as somebody think, else, Gainwell will be the t- one that puts you over. I think Tony Pollard's priced pretty nicely. I agree. Seventy-one hundred for Tony Pollard. Yeah, I know, I know San Francisco, Ooh, that's, but, yeah, it is San Francisco, but that might keep some players. That might keep some people off of him. You know, that's what I'm saying. All right, get some pass catching RBs in our lineup. Let's do it. Tony Pollard, 7,100. So two pass catchers. So right, we, we are doing really good with the money, I feel like. Uh, right now, quarterback's well, only concern is salary relief. No, I, I, it's, I'm, that's not my only concern. Yeah, right? Grand per player on average. Go get yourself a Zay Jones and then put put uh, Travis Kelsey in. I was going to say, I want, I want Travis Kelsey. That's what I'm really going for. I, I want don't want Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. You don't want Travis that's Kelsey? Too, that's too chalk. I want Evan Ingram. He's going to be so chalk. I want Ingram. You want to stack Ingram. Ingram. I want Kadarius yep. Tony as a low-cost, high-variance player. Huh. 
All right. So I want Ingram in that tight end spot. So too, let's go with Ingram. All right. So Ingram the tight end. And then you want Kadarius Tony. I want Kadarius Tony. So Michael, you're going really down. So you're trying to so we're gonna have to I hit do, a home. I, run I, I legitimately completely agree with him. Kadarius Tony. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we, we got Kadarius Tony now. What are we playing? Are we playing to get our dollar thirty back? Or are we playing for the like no, we're playing to event. turn a dollar thirty into yeah, a million and a half. The whole splato. <laughs> That's yeah, what we're doing. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Jarek McKinnon, Tony Pollard, Kadarius Tony, and Evan Ingram right now. This is um, such my type of lineup. But guys, this, is, like, this has this has Matt Ward written all over it. I will say that. Can we get some Jamar yeah. Chase, please? Hold on. All right. Yes. So, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because I am worried about salary variance. All right. Um, so let's do this. We need, we need studs. Hold on. Yes, we do. But let's let's pick our defense first, so we can get that out the way. Oh, the lowest it's it, whatever the lowest one is. Giants. Yep. The Giants versus. No, 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 no. Let's do Cincy. Josh Allen has been a turnover machine. That's true. They might surprise. Let's see. How about this? We'll put Cincy. And then if we need yeah, that 400 five weeks, if we need it, we'll, we'll put Cincy. And if we need, if we need that 400, we'll go back All right. and we'll put the Giants. Cool. All good right. Deal, good deal. All right, all right. So now there see, you go. Now we got now seventy-seven to pop. See how manager. much. <laughs> see how much better you feel. See how much better you feel. Now we give can put Jamal. Jamal. Yeah. Yeah. Jamal. And give me CD. Both. Yes. Jamal and CD. Oh, because now our flexes have to be sixty-eight hundred. Not bad. Yeah, bro. And, no, hey, and if we need that four hundred, we still got that four hundred available. So we we got Isaiah Hodgins. Isaiah Hodgins is more expensive than Juju. Ooh, see, we could go up and get we can Debo go get Debo. or T Higgins or T. Then get Debo or T. Higgins. I think, I oh, think dude, Debo. Stack them. We could stack them, but then we don't have Joe Burrow. We have Trevor Lawrence. Ugh, we don't that, need him. I no, sense. <laughs> we would definitely need to. We never. We only him. have Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Eileen Debo. We forgot to grab Zay Jones here, by the way. Eileen Debo as well. We went Kadarius Tony instead yeah. of Zay Jones. Yes. Yeah. We we made the Kadarius Tony play as the high variance. We have one. We have one stack with our quarterback, and it's a tight end. That's correct. Nice. Yeah. It's all right. We got the we got the comebacks with McKinnon and Tony. Bro, too. this is a fantastic lineup, in my opinion. I, I'm like I'm like proud of this lineup. It's my. I really like. I really like contrary and high variance lineups, and this is this literally is exactly what I would build. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, we're going for a, a milli. We're not going for a, a, this. Isn't a cash lineup. We're not trying to double our money. No, right. This is, this is a, a million maker. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Jarek McKinnon, Tony Pollard, Kadarius Tony, Jamar Chase, CD Land, Evan Ingram. Lamb. What I said, what? CD Debo- Land. Debo- Land. DB Samuel. I can't talk. Debo Samuel and the New York Giants. I'm excited. The reason why I'm excited. And that's it. That's the lineup. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can check that out. The reason why I'm excited is because we're about to end this uh, this thing right here, and then we're going to get into our Jeopardy. And I'm playing Jeopardy. If you're a patron, you already know. Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy for Jeopardy and the winner of the Brodo um, Awards for the year. So Jeopardy and the Brodo Award winners for the patrons. So Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Check that out. Make sure you do. Can't wait for Jeopardy. We got a little spin on Jeopardy this this week. All three of us are hosting. Ew. We each have three clues, and we're going to do a round robin style. So our first ever time doing that, check it out. All right? Um, yeah. Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Matt, where could they find you? You can find me at PsychWardFF. Mike? At BrodoFF Mike. You can find me at Brodo. There it is. At Broto FF Tim, at Broto FF Jason, at Broto FF Casanova, at Broto Fantasy, at Fantasy Fo- at FF by Broto, excuse me, the Fantasy Football by Broto app, BrotoFantasy.com, and YouTube.com slash Broto Fantasy. TikTok, Broto Fantasy. Instagram, Broto Fantasy. Hot damn, where are we not? The moon, the moon, at Broto Fantasy, right in one of those craters. <laughs> we own Crater 32. Matt. If the moon was made of any type of cheese, which cheese would it be? Brie. Eat them. What? Eat them?